0: Good morning. The reading this morning is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 19 to 26. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch, and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad. first at Antioch. This is the word of our Lord.
1: People want to be with people. Human beings by nature are social creatures. Whether you are introverted or extroverted, God created us for community. We are drawn into it. If you're walking down a strip of restaurants, the one filled with people and atmosphere is always going to trump the lonely isolated restaurant with very few people in it. Think about a sporting match, how much better the atmosphere is, the more people that are there. Uh, Or perhaps think about significant milestones or celebrations that we experience through life. We want to share those moments with others, don't we? Conversely, This is why isolation is such a powerful form of antisocial behaviour and it often begins at childhood with time out. Although everyone has an occasional need to be alone, prolonged isolation can be psychologically painful and even damaging to the human spirit. God's intention has always been for people to experience connection with one another. We are not wired for isolation. Whilst the discipline of solitude is necessary and important for short periods of time, we were not made to withdraw. We were made to connect. This term, we've been learning about relationships and how we can experience God's best in our relationships with one another. The Bible has so much practical wisdom and advice on how we can best relate to each other and experience the satisfaction of authentic relationships. Today we're going to focus on the power of encouragement. Encouragement is heavenly language and it is a legitimate biblical ministry. You won't find a roster On being an encourager (laughs) but it's something that if there were we all ought to sign up and be a part of scripture abounds with stories of men and women who engaged in the important ministry of encouragement and indeed the Bible itself was written and has been preserved as a source of encouragement for God's people through all ages In the New Testament, there are four direct instructions to encourage each other. The first two come from 1 Thessalonians. Therefore, encourage each other, or one another, with these words. In chapter 5, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. And then over in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 3, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And then over in chapter 10, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Without going into the specific context of each verse, the instruction to encourage one another is always given in the light of some kind of spiritual challenge, such as sharing the gospel message, avoiding the temptation to sin, remaining firm in one's faith, finishing well in view of the Lord's return, or spurring one another on to good works." Therefore, we can ascertain that the point or purpose of encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ is not just to make them feel warm and fuzzy, but to help one another stand firm in our faith, to finish our race well, and to remain focused on Christ in the midst of adversity and hardship. Barnabas is a great biblical example of someone who did just this. We read about Barnabas in the book of Acts. We're introduced to him first in chapter 4 and then he plays a fairly prominent role throughout the book of Acts. It turns out his real name was Joseph. Barnabas was his nickname. How they got Barnabas from Joseph stumps me. Uh, But what I do know is that the name behind or the meaning behind Barnabas uh, being encourager or son of encourager is why he was given that term of endearment. He encouraged with more than just his words, too. He was incredibly generous to work towards the Lord's work, selling a field and bringing the proceeds to the apostles' feet. Barnabas is recorded as being a prophet, a teacher, and an apostle. Not a bad resume in spiritual terms. You would be familiar with the phrase, behind every great man is an even greater woman. Trevor spoke something of this sentiment about his dear wife June, a couple of weeks ago. Whilst Paul is a towering figure in the book of Acts, behind Paul stands Barnabas. In Acts 9, 27, shortly after Paul's Damascus Road experience, Barnabas, a man who was greatly respected brings Paul before the apostles and in attorney-client fashion, defends, promotes and endorses Paul to them. The apostles were not convinced that Paul, who they knew at this time as Saul, had changed and become a true believer. And therefore, they were rightfully fearful of him. His reputation of murdering Christians preceded him and they understandably valued their livelihood. That was until Barnabas vouched for him. And whilst I'm sure he didn't have the good looks of a football cheerleader, Barnabas excelled at cheerleading. The apostles accepted Paul, and we will never know just how significant that moment was. Barnabas... Accompanied Paul in his missionary journeys. And in his first one, we read in Acts 14:21 to22, where Luke records, "After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in their faith reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Barnabas encouraged believers to persevere in their relationship with Jesus. We see here again the purpose of Christian encouragement is helping believers stand firm in their faith and pressing on in Christ in the face of hardship. Encouragement is not passive acceptance of people but an active and necessary ministry of acceptance and cheerleading. What was Barnabas's secret? What made him such a generous and encouraging guy? I believe we find the answer in Acts 11:24 where Luke writes of Barnabas. He was a good man Full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. One of the distinct and notable characteristics of Barnabas was that he was full of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? Do some believers have more of the Holy Spirit than others? These are good and important questions which I would love to engage with more fully. But now is not the time to delve too deeply. So let me preface this by saying these are my thoughts from sitting in a labour ward at 7am yesterday morning. I'm more than happy to stand corrected. In my experience, it does seem that some people are more faith-filled and Spirit-led than others. The Bible does encourage us to continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. However, I don't think that the Holy Spirit is like putting fuel in a car. Because if you don't refuel your car after driving it so many kilometres, it will run out of petrol, and be unable to operate. As believers, so long as we believe in Jesus, so long as we have accepted Him into our hearts and live for Him, trusting in Him as Lord and Saviour, then I believe the Spirit of God dwells in each of our hearts. I don't think the Spirit of God is like petrol, that one day we have it and the next day we don't. If you accept Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit dwells within you permanently. Perhaps, however, it's more a case of how surrendered and obedient one is to the leading, promptings and direction of the Holy Spirit in one's heart and one's life. This week, Brendan and I have been talking about tuning prayer... So we tune our guitars together. And you have to tune your guitar regularly so that it's in tune. And, and we are now talking about prayer. I'm talking to Brendan about prayer as being a tuning exercise. That prayer is about tuning our hearts into God's heart. So God's heart is about love. So I need to tune my heart towards being a loving person. God's heart is about forgiveness. So I need to tune my heart to become a more forgiving heart. Does that make sense? So, this is what I'm talking about when we talk about being obedient and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. How much are we allowing ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit of God? Clearly, Barnabas was someone who was exceptionally submitted to the Spirit of God. He wasn't only filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was equally filled with faith. Think about how much faith it would take to go and sell a big block of land and then bring the money to the apostles' feet or to the the deacons or the treasurers' feet and say, this money here is not mine, this money is for the Lord's work. Think about how much faith it would have taken Barnabas to go and meet with Paul. I mean, did he fear for his own life, let alone taking Paul to the disciples'? we see how faith-filled Barnabas was. The more surrendered we are to the Lord, the more we will focus on Him and allow His priorities to shape our lives. The more room we make for God's Holy Spirit to take control of our lives, the more opportunity and possibility God has to use us for His purposes and his glory perhaps one can be more spirit filled and spirit led if one is less self-filled and less self-led the lord was barnabas's true love his heart passion and focus was centered on jesus christ he was personally so convicted about Jesus being his number one, his all in all, that he just could not help but encourage others to do the same, to make Christ their number one, to hold on to their faith when things got tough. Barnabas' faith was infectious. And we are told that many people came to faith through the powerful ministry and witness Of Barnabas how important is the gift of encouragement we can only encourage people's faith so far as our faith goes I can't genuinely encourage you my brother or sister to persevere in the faith to stand firm to make Jesus your center and your priority if i am not doing that in my own life Barnabas's encouragement was so impacting because it was so genuine He lived the kind of faith that he encouraged others in His life and his relationship with the Lord built a platform that enabled him to speak into the lives of others powerfully. Now, there is no question that Barnabas believed in the Lord, but he also believed in people. Encouragement is about believing in people, believing in their potential, believing that the promises of God can and indeed will be fulfilled in their life if they make Christ central by believing in people we bring the best out in one another Encouragers have a capacity to listen in a way that makes people feel understood they are patient and not and, and slow to judge it's natural that we want to be around encouraging people because they uplift us they give us hope They make us see that the impossible can come true with Christ. They speak faith-building words into our lives. Earlier this year for my Arrow course, I read a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Integrity. It was a book all about character. And Cloud spoke about how just as a ship or boat will leave behind a wake as it moves through the water, that people too leave wakes behind their relationships with one another. The book invited the reader to consider how people encounter and experience you. A courageous question that it challenged the reader to ask trusted friends, colleagues and family members was... What is it like to be on the other side of me? If you want to grow in your relationships, that is a great question to ask. What is it like to be on the other side of me? Courageous question. Naturally, we will be drawn to people who leave behind a positive wake because they encourage us and they bring out the best in us they help us see the big picture and understand that Christ is at work in all the details even when it doesn't feel like it and they lead us back to bringing Christ at the forefront of our minds and our situations i wonder how do people feel on the other side of you Do people leave your presence feeling encouraged or discouraged? Whilst encouragement is a spiritual gift and some people are more naturally inclined to be positive and uplifting than others, the good news is that we can all consciously make an effort to be more uplifting of one another and to choose how we spend our time with others. This is possible because God has placed within the human spirit the power to make constructive and positive changes in our lives. Becoming a more encouraging person is a matter of choice. The encourager's ministry is to help people believe in the possibility of improving their character and their circumstances with God's help. We can all do that. We can all point each other to Christ. We can all point one another to the hope that we share in Him. The Macquarie Dictionary defines encouragement as the capacity to inspire with courage. In other words, encouragement is placing courage in the heart of another person. I think this is a brilliant concept and it is certainly consistent with the biblical case for what encouragement seems to be all about, strengthening believers in their faith. Here's the phrase that came into my head as I was running around Greenpoint at 6.30am on Wednesday morning. Encouragement is needed most when courage is is most needed. Encouragement is needed most when courage is most needed. There are a whole bunch of situations in life where courage is essential. Where the encouragement of others can make a profound difference. Think of a woman in childbirth and the power of encouragement think of a person in a running race about to finish and the difference that encouragement can make think about facing a major operation and the uncertainty and the fear think about the difference that encouragement can make maybe you've considered or are considering a career change Think about the difference that encouragement can make. What about making the decision to move into permanent aged care? I bet that's a decision that requires encouragement. what about staying the course in marriage when things get tough? That is a situation that requires encouragement. I know as a dad to raise godly kids in a godless society, requires encouragement. There are endless moments that we face as followers of Christ, let alone just human beings, where we need each other's encouragement to stay the course, to press on, to finish the race well. We need cheerleaders You and I need cheerleaders. If I am to become the very best version of Joel Small, the most Christ like version of Joel Small, you know, if Sue Donovan, if Vince O'Keefe, if John O'Hara, if John Taylor, if Phil Mason, if Anna Fan is to become the most Christ like version of themselves, we need encouragement. We need one another to keep putting our focus on Christ to remind each other that the best is yet to come, to remind each other that we are children of the living God, that God has great plans for us. When we trust Him, when we follow His will, look at the life of Barnabas. He was so focused on Christ and His heavenly crown is an awesome one. We don't want to get to the end of our race and crash and burn. We want to get to the end of our race, finishing positively and strong. And our encouragement of one another can make a huge difference in how we finish. There are times when we need to place courage in the hearts of others. And equally, there will be times when we need our brothers and sisters to place courage In our hearts. The key is like Barnabas, being filled with the Holy Spirit, allowing Christ to be the focus of our lives and allowing the joy of His love to flow out of our hearts into the hearts of one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is God's will, it is God's intention that we encourage one another that we speak generously into the lives of one another, to fill each other with godly wisdom and hope and love, to cheer each other on in our faith and to cultivate a culture of helping people finish their race well. May the Lord fill each of us with faith and His Holy Spirit. May we increasingly submit to the Father's will and choose to be conduits of constant encouragement to one another for the sake of Jesus and his kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Loving Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that uh, at times it holds up to us wonderful, exemplary characters like Barnabas. We thank you, Lord, that here we see a man who was so completely sold out to you jesus and many people both through his own personal faith through the faith of the apostle paul who he encouraged and stood by at a pivotal moment in his life and ministry we see what a difference encouragement can make so god a simple prayer this morning help us your people to learn to encourage one another and it's in jesus name we pray Amen.